Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Wanda James. She is CEO of Simply Pure Brands. We're going to talk to her about the work that she's been doing in cannabis. For those people that don't know Wanda, she's been involved in cannabis for quite some time. Amendment 64 in Colorado. She's been on covers of many magazines. She's been on many, many lists. She's appeared on many, many TV shows and, and broadcast episodes. So I'm excited to have Wanda on and really kind of talk about where are we in cannabis? Like what's going on? We've had a lot of success. Uh, we've had some setbacks. <laughs> I think it's kind of a good chance to kind of review uh, what's going right. Right, what's not going so right, what do we need to do and focus on, and, and how do we really make sure that cannabis continues to be a positive uh, impact on culture, society, you know, not just on business. So I'm excited to have this conversation. With that, Wanda, welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for all that. I'm excited to be here as well today. <laughs> Good, good. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously you've had a long kind of history in cannabis and you've, you've been involved in, in many things, both on the business side, on the policy side, on the um, regulation side. 
What are the things that you are kind of most proud of or you think are most influential or most important for you in terms of your experience in cannabis and, and kind of leading up to today? You know, I, I mean, things that you're most proud of, that's really easy. The fact that when we started legalization, that whole legalization movement after, you know, Colorado legalized and, you know, followed by Washington that same night. And now we're up to, I think, are we at 13 states or 12 states? Um, yeah. You know, more to come. But with that legalization, yes, people can now recreate with a safer choice and have uh, choices of what they want to do when they're 21. But we have stopped arresting people. We have ended or are on our way to ending slave labor that yeah. is directly you know, linked to cannabis arrest. So by far, that is the thing that I'm most proud of. Yeah. And, and where, uh, I guess, what, what do you think we've gotten right? To date, like what are some of the programs, initiatives, you know, either, uh, you know, generally or at a state level that you think are kind of good examples of how cannabis is, you know, correcting the situation, dealing with kind of the, uh, the history of, uh, you know, law enforcement and criminalization of, of cannabis and how it's impacted communities, you know, disproportionately and what maybe have we haven't gotten so right. I mean, I guess what's, what's your kind of highlights for things? You know, it's been a decade for us, you know, since we started started doing the um, uh, medical marijuana legal sales, license sales, or being able to be taxed in the state, collecting those tax dollars. And, you know, what we've gotten right is we now have a clean cannabis. You know, the cannabis that we ingest, that we make our edibles out of, that we make our concentrate out of, are cleaner than strawberries in Whole Foods Market. So you know yeah. that the stuff that you're putting in your body is good stuff to start off with from nature. And now we're making sure that we're growing it in a good way. So I think that we've done a great job with that. I think that we've done an amazing job with entrepreneurism, the new ways of ingesting cannabis and the new forms of edibles and, and how good the edibles are um, and concentrates and all the different things that we have, teas and coffee and hot chocolate and all that kind of good stuff has been amazing. So it's, it's great to see what legalization can do and, you know, human ingenuity and entrepreneurism can do. Yeah. And what are the things we still need to kind of correct? I mean, I, you know, there's, there's various facets, both, uh, you know, kind of on the business side, you know, also on the social and the uh, political side. Where, where do you think focus really needs to be sort of shined or where does the spotlight need to shine now in terms of what we do in the industry? Um, so I think that what we really need to change right now is the way that we're looking at, you know, social equity and fairness in cannabis. You know, I mean, more and more and more, you know, we're seeing, you know, uh, big hedge fund backed companies coming into yeah. states and buying up, you know, all of the small businesses, you know, not different than, you know, Amazon and the Walmarts, Walmarts of the world. But, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing that. And we need to see more black and brown ownership, especially since so many black and brown people paid the cost for us to yeah. get to the point of legalization. So we need to make sure that that's happening. Yeah. As you look kind of at these state programs, I mean, I, you know, we've, we've been kind of talking about and looking at, you know, various states kind of incorporating various programs, whether it's, um, you know, setting aside licenses, whether it's, um, you know, providing, uh, uh, you know, sort of advantages, uh, you know, in terms of taxation and, and regulation or fees and things like that. I mean, what are the things you think actually work in this? Because I, I, I think everyone agrees that we need to have some kind of corrective measures and, you know, make sure that we, you know, not just create a, a, a level playing field, but actually, um, you know, right some of the issues that, you know, have occurred over the last, you know, several decades. But but which ones do you feel are really working? Which ones do you feel are, you know, well-intentioned, but are not that, you know, effective in terms of actually having the impact we want to have? 
So you know what? Sadly, none of them are really working the way that we wanted them to. You know what I mean? There is no. yet to be a state that hasn't been sued <laughs> as it has as as it has started. You, you know, there is yeah. there is we've not seen that. You know, greed accounts for a lot of it. A lot of the big dispensaries. You know, somebody put up a quote. You know, on the uh, philosophy that is Facebook a couple days ago, that <laughs> said while we were fighting for equality, you know, the other firms were fighting for market share. So, you know, it, it's hard to catch up a decade later when you have companies that are backed by hedge funds and and valued in the billions of dollars now that have never put a plant in the ground. You know, so it's odd when you're playing with money on that level, when you're playing with companies on that level. So, yeah, we need to we need to back down here a little bit and, and allow a place for, you know, the small business person to be able to, you know, thrive in this industry. And remember, small business means less than 500 employees. Yeah, exactly. I always, I always say that, you know, it's like, I, mean, I think everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's a 10 person shop. No, technically, you know, the federal government looks at small business, you know, as, yeah. as under 500. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, do you feel like, is, is, can government be the solution? Can regulation be the solution? Or does this have to come more from a community and from a consumer, you know, just kind of demand, you know, that, that we really focus on, you know, educating consumers, educating the people using cannabis to be cognizant of where they're getting their cannabis, you know, who is providing it, what color their skin is, what is their background, like how can we kind of create change by creating the demand or changing the demand versus trying to regulate? What's I'm curious what your feelings are on that. Yeah, you know, I mean, so can government be the answer? Yes, no, maybe. But remember when we use this word government, what is government? Well, government is we the people, you know what I mean? So yeah, I I think that we see a lot of times where government and enterprise work together, you know, and it absolutely can happen. But once again, the best way for this to happen is for, you know, a black businesses, large black businesses to step up and invest in small black businesses. I think that, you know, the same with Latino businesses and women owned businesses, vet run businesses, you know, the consumer, you look at things like Ben and Jerry's that does a a great job with their, you know, social equity campaigns and how they give back Bomba socks, you know, buy one pair, give a pair to a homeless person, Tom's shoes, Mm -hmm. buy a pair of shoes, give a, you know, pair of shoes to a a child in Africa. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that there are those types of things that we're seeing, especially from millennials which, I mean, older folks as well, too, but definitely a generation of people that are, you know, changing the world with their dollars. And so I think we'll see more of that, and especially in cannabis, which is why now you see so many large corporations, you know, fighting for the opportunity to say that they support social equity. But every time they say that they support social equity, what they support it with is a way of gaining more market share. In other words, well, yeah, we invested, you know, in these, you know, Black-owned businesses, which we now own 49% of. Uh, yeah, there's a little there's some irony in there. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, so I mean, I believe in entrepreneurism. I actually still believe in the spirit of people to do well yeah. while you know doing good. And I think that in cannabis, we see a lot of that because at our core, you know, we're still jazz musicians, you know, hippies and, you know, stressed out moms, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm curious in your own experience, how have you kind of seen the balance, you know, whether you feel like you've struck the right balance all the time or, or have there been challenges, you know, to be kind of focused on the business, figuring out how to help the business succeed, but also address these concerns? What's been your kind of, as a, 
as a CEO, as, as someone operating a, a cannabis company, how does it really come to play in, in your day-to-day decision-making? You know, I mean, people don't understand how hard this is, you know, and I, I, I don't want to whine because I definitely feel like, you know, you've been privileged <laughs> to be able to change the world and, and look yeah. at how we change things, right? And we operate a good business. But honestly, this is the hardest thing that I've ever done. I mean, yeah. I mean, the military was definitely hard. Corporate uh-huh. America has definitely got its ins and outs. But the level of understanding of, I mean, you've got to be a, a lobbyist. You've got to be a financial genius. You've got to be able to be equipped in team building because nobody does this by themselves. You've got to be able to, you know, write laws, educate lawmakers on what it is that you do, educate suburban moms on what you do and how you're keeping their children safe. I mean, there is just not a level that we don't touch in cannabis as business owners. So man, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to be proud of, but it's really a lot. This is a difficult process. So I think anybody even thinking about getting into this by yourself, it's you absolutely cannot do this alone. Yeah, so that, that's perfect. <laughs> One of the things I talk a lot about at Strategico is you've got to build a you've got to build a team around yourself because at at some point you just you don't have the capacity, you don't have the bandwidth to be able to do everything. Anything that you don't have the know how because well, yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you, you know, you've got to have people that are perfection in each one of these things. So in other words, if you understand the financial ins and outs to be able to put these deal together, that means that you are a CFO with a lot of training behind you, right? Which mm-hmm. means that you're not doing HR and marketing because you have to be focused on being the CFO. So I mean, there's just so much to this. And while you're building, you know, this great financial team, you better be marketing on the other side because you got to let the world know that you're up on top of it because everything in this industry, you know, changes mm-hmm. daily with the new products and the new ways and the the new states that are opening. So yeah, yeah. you got to build this team. You've got yeah. to be, I think the greatest CEOs are the ones that can absolutely build a team around you of magnificent people that want to pull in the same direction with you. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. I actually do a, I do a presentation called The Transition from Founder to CEO, which is, is all about that. You know, as a founder, it's scrappy. You want to do everything. You want to solve all the problems. You get your finger dirty. You know, as a CEO, it's it's the really the verse. It's how do I find the people that know a lot more than I do, you know, that are much, much smarter. Because what are the things that you've had to do as, you know, as a leader to make that transition that, that have kind of helped you in terms of mindset or in terms of process or find these people or figure out how to work with these people better? What what have you learned as the company has grown and scaled? You know what? Every founder, every CEO, every leader has to understand what their ego is based in, right? And that's a hard conversation to have with yourself. And for me, it's been easy. My ego at this point in my life is based in leaving a legacy behind. And the legacy is only left behind when you create something that people want to continue to carry, right? So for me, you know, I'm excited about the younger, faster, brighter person coming up underneath me. You know what I mean? Because Uh that to me is like, yeah, you know, let's see, you know, where this goes. I'm happy to have gotten it to this point, but I'm even happier to see it grow beyond what I was able to, you know, bring it to. So once again, elevating those folks that are coming up behind you and, and opening, helping bust down those doors so that they can walk through it, you know? That to me is what gets me very excited. I'm sure that all of my investors wish that, you know, more and more money got me excited because I, I, I make decisions not based on money. I make decisions based on what are we leaving behind, you know, and, yeah. and um, 
so I think that everybody has to kind of figure out what's their ego based in and, and what do they want to leave and that will determine how they run their company. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a, like you said, that, that can be a tough conversation with yourself <laughs> and sometimes you lose that conversation. Whatever the answer is, you know, I want to leave the, you know, biggest behemoth money making trillionaire based uh-huh. company. I mean, that's fine. You know, that's just not what I personally want to yeah. do. But I'm happy that there are folks out there that want to do that. Yeah. And there are investors for both of those. And you've just got to be able to find the people that are in line with what your vision is for, you know, what you want to leave behind. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think that's so important is just getting clear on really what your intention, what your goal is, and then aligning everyone around it. Make sure you've got the right people behind it. Because I've seen so many times that when you get the wrong people on the team or you get the wrong investors behind the company, and that's where the meltdowns and the conflict and the blowups happen, you know, is when that stuff comes to a head. And you've just got to be clear about what those people are, right? And and once yeah. again, it, it's knowing where you're at. And, and that's why I always hate when people say, you know, well, you know, so-and-so got fired, you know, they they suck at what they do. No, they just weren't the right match for what it is yeah. that you wanted them to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So you've got to find where you fit in this world and, and that's where you uh, tend to bloom. Yeah. And so you talk about kind of, you know, building the team, surround yourself with the right people. Any insights on where you have found the best people and what you look for or what the telltales are of when you've met somebody or when you found somebody that tell you that, yeah, they're really going to be key to the business success and someone I need to surround myself by? <laughs> I know exactly what I want to say. It's just kind of, it's weird. So here's the fruit, nuts, and flakes part of me, right? And so one of my best friends a long time ago, you know, she was psychic and really out there. One of the first people I met when I came to California and coming out of the military, if I couldn't see it, feel it, hear it, touch it, or blow it up, it didn't exist, right? Um, And in her world, it was like, oh, it's all about energies and the universe. And, you know, and I'm like, Uh oh, dear God, you know, what, what are we talking about here? But you know what? She was right and I was wrong. And I think that ironically, I have found over the years that when I tell the universe exactly what it is that I want to accomplish, it's amazing what the universe puts in my path. And I know that this is crazy. I, I know that it does because people are now looking at me the way I looked at my girlfriend, you know, 50 years ago, <laughs> or 20 years ago. But, you know, it's very much true. When you put out the energies of what it is and you're clear about what it is that you want to create, it's just amazing what falls in your path. And I've got to say, that the people that are my building blocks, that are my go-to folks, it's amazing that, and we, we've laughed about it, you know, over a joint and they're like, man, you know, it was just weird how I ended up with you. And I'm like, yeah, I know it, the universe decided you were going to be here and here you are, it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really that clear. And um, I know that that sounds crazy. I know people out there right now are going, oh my goodness, nuts, but it's very true. It's very no, I, yeah I, I I get it and one of the things I've certainly kind of appreciated you know and as I've gotten gotten older and have been in business longer and worked with more people is that there is a lot of kind of intuition and whether it's spiritual energy or whether it's you know reticular activation systems of our brain you know kind of seeing patterns you know that doesn't really matter but it, it works but I think the one thing that's interesting is how you talk to the universe or how do you speak to the universe about those things because I think one of the the things I have noticed is that people that do a a good job of really articulating what it is they want and what they want to achieve have a much better chance of of having that energy come to them, having those opportunities find them. Is there anything that you have identified or that you think that you've done particularly well in in kind of putting that out into the universe so that it can give you those things? Is there any kind of process or way in which you think you've articulated what you want to do, how you want to do it, the the goals you want to achieve? Can I tell you how much I really appreciate where this conversation has just, I I definitely didn't see us going down this path, but I I, I really (laughs) appreciate where you're going. I mean, yeah, this is, 
this goes back to that first thing that I said. It's having that conversation with your ego, right? What is it that you want to create? You know what I mean? Where is it that you really, what is it? What is it about you and and, and where are you trying to go with it? And it's funny that once you lay that out and you understand mm-hmm. that this is the path, you know, things just start to fall in line. And And like I says, for me, I honestly and truly want to create a company that people are enthralled in working with and working for and pulling it into the same direction. You know what I mean? I'm not a leader that appreciates, you know, yes, people. I mean, I laugh all the time in meetings about how hard my team argues me down. You know what I mean? I come up with these great mm-hmm. ideas daily and they tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> really then. I'm yeah. like, you don't see how great this idea is. They're like, yeah, no, it's not. We're not doing that. But you know what? But I put them in positions to be able to to own and to to be a part of what their piece of this company is. You know, they feel vetted into or not vetted. They feel accepted into it. You know, it's yeah. it's their piece of the pie. I mean, Brian Nowak, my director of dispensary operations, dispensaries are his baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's And we work together on bringing together what those instructions to the universe were. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's odd how it all works, but finding it the is. right people. And for me, it really is valuing, you know, the the opinions and the folks that are pulling to make this thing work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea that your your team will, will argue you down from these ideas. Is there is there anything you've done in terms of creating kind of a culture, an environment, a context that allows that kind of constructive conflict to occur? Or what, what do you think you've done to, to make that a positive dynamic around creating conflict, but in in a way that's going to advance ideas better. And I hope that the word's not conflict, you know what I mean? Because I I don't think that it's that, but I hope that everybody that works with me feels like that they are genuinely heard. And you know what? Not I hope. I know that they are. Um, Because Mm -hmm. so much of this company is... Once again, the direction is definitely what I really want to leave behind and what really wants to matter. And finding those people that are in line with this is what we really want to leave behind and what we really want to have matter. And thankfully for me, it's not money. And thankfully for them, it's not money. But oddly, the money comes because everybody is loving what they're doing and pulling in a direction that is amazingly positive. So that is only going to beget amazing things like financial stability because it's a good thing. Right. Um, And even from some of the things that we want to do, but, you know, financially can't do it, you know, sometimes it comes down to that, you know, um, we have big plans sometimes and it's like, you know, in the world in which we are in right now or in the regulatory framework we're in right now, um, that idea, you know, as great as it is, won't work, you know, like infused cakes, you can come in and get a slice of cake, can't do that, you know. But how cool yeah. would that be, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think a lot of this for me always goes back to this: the a team that has a very clear understanding of its strategy and how it's different and what it wants to be will be much easier for them to make kind of these decisions. And I, I kind of joke with teams: it's like you can do anything you want, just not everything you want, right? So it's about making these choices. Like, what do you think? How have you kind of defined your kind of parameters, or or what do you use to guide that decision making to help you say, all right, look, yes, this is in our this is in our wheelhouse. This is on our strategy. We need to continue this versus this other thing. Great idea, but that's for a different company. That is not for us. That's so funny because we actually had literally that conversation a few days ago. We're in the process of refining our our product line that's getting ready to come out. And this conversation happens on both the product level and on, mm-hmm. like as you says, you know, the overall direction of what of what matters to the company, right? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that was coming out, well, this product would be cheap. 
quick, easy to put out there, but we decided not to do it because it doesn't really come to the idea that if it's going to be a Simply Pure or a Because, which is our new cause-related line type product, Mm -hmm. it's got to be something pretty special. And so when we try to look at things, cost is, it's always a part of the part of the equation because you can't run a company without looking at cost, right? I mean, the bottom line is is the bottom line, but that's like fourth on the list, right? So is it a quality product? Does it market well? Is it something that is somehow, is is it game changing or enlightening, right? And sometimes game changing and enlightening in this industry, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy to get to, but, you know, uh, uh, fast acting is now on everybody's mind. Um, You know, the flavor profile is, you know, big for us. My husband is a chef. So, you know, Scott's number one priority uh, is, does it taste good? You know, yep. <laughs> that's, and, and I love it. Every time Scott walks in the room, it's like, does it taste good? <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, you, you know, so that's what I'm saying. When this team comes together, you know, my scientist guy's like, it's fast acting, you know, but Scott's like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. that's great. But what does it taste like? You know, why not doing it? <laughs> exactly. You be fast acting if it wants to be. So this is what I say is the greatness of this team that comes together. And even in growing the team, you know, looking at our C-suite, looking at how our, our manager team comes together, you know, everybody is really conscious to say, you know, do we have a wealth of ideas here? Do we have a wealth of perspective? here. Nobody is threatened by that. Everybody is excited by that. So yeah, this is how it all comes together. I love it. Any, I, I always find that um, sometimes that is learned through failure. <laughs> any any yes. examples of, you know, kind of initiatives, products, things that you tried that, you know, didn't work and that you, you know, on reflection, you realize it was because you did, you weren't following your principles or, or you had a principle that wasn't well articulated that, that, you know, you need to focus more on the future. Yeah. This is such a great conversation because, you know, a long time ago when I gave a speech to the political science class, at the University of Colorado, and one of the young people asked me, you know, did you always want to do this? And man, your career mm-hmm. has been so great. And just, you know, how did you decide all of this stuff? And it was the first time that, you know, you got ready to talk and, you know, the story that you want to tell is, you know, I was a college graduate and then I was this great military officer and then I landed in, you know, a great corporate career. And you know what? And none of that is true. You know, we, we stumble through life, you know, and we figure things out as we get there. Some things were grand, some things were not. And yeah, I made all of those mistakes yesterday, you know, and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that. And unfortunately in this society, we are so taught and so fearful of the mistakes that we're getting ready to make. And I'm like, you need to welcome those mistakes. It's like learning to walk, right? Did you just pick yourself up as a baby and just, you know, charge across the floor and and, and you were good to go? (laughs) No, man, you clocked your head how many times, you know? And even after you got that one step up, you know, you still, you know, fell directly into the wall after that third step, you know? So, and no one looked at you and was like, man, this child's a failure. I mean, how many times is it going to hit its head before it can stand up, you know? Nobody said that, but business is the same way, right? Yeah. I'm good at what I do right now because after five decades on this planet, you know what I mean? I done screwed up so many times, but never failed because in my mind, failure is when you let that (laughs) clocking of your head prevent you from walking anymore, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of, damn, that hurt. (laughs) Let me not fall Uh that way anymore. (laughs) You know, and you get back up and you take another step right? You know, and this time you take four steps before you clock your head, right? So that's kind of the building of business, right? Yeah. You're going to clock your head a lot. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, and, and the question is, what do you do after you clock your head? You know, if, if you decide not to walk again, then that's failure. If you figure out, okay, uh, you know, I need to step a little bit farther or I need to make sure I'm balanced before I take a you know, all those things are it's kind of the learning process. 100%, you know, and I wish I could tell you that, you know, yeah, you know, I was great. I walked into cannabis 10 years ago and we created this <laughs> fine brand. I had a plan. We just executed on the plan. Everything went as accordingly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not the story. Yeah. No. And that's a boring story, right? No one wants to read that book. You know, come on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's boring because we can't relate to it because <laughs> that's not that's not our own experience in life. Every, everybody's yeah. mad at you after that book, you know. Like, uh-huh. you know whatever. <laughs> no one wants to be your friend then. You know, I, I guess in that spirit, like, what are some of the big kind of changes you've had to make in terms of you know mindset, approach, your own kind of skill and development as you've as the company's grown, as you've grown as a leader, as CEO. Like, what are some of the changes and shifts that you've had to make personally? Sure, and being a black business owned company, you know, it's been hard sometimes watching people around me raise twenty five million dollars that have nowhere near the experience that we do while yeah. we are you know struggling through a slow December and a slow January, you know, um, barely keeping our head above water while other people think that, well, if you're in the cannabis business, you must be a billionaire. Why aren't you, oh, yeah. you know, why aren't you giving us more money over here or more money over there? And, yeah. you know, it's been hard to come to grips to be able to say, you know, we don't have the extra money. Raising money has been our greatest challenge, which I'm sure is every company's greatest challenge. But having the confidence to be able to talk about that and not in terms of what it is that I don't know, but as, and especially as a CEO, you know, you, you put a lot of that on you if other companies are, are getting, you know, million dollar hedge fund backings and Canada is rushing to give them $148 million and yet you're having a hard time raising a million dollars for new lights for your grow facility, right? Or $100,000 for new lights for your grow facility. Yeah. And you blame yourself, you know, for those positions, you know, when you're the CEO, because of course it must be your fault, right? I don't have a finance background. So maybe I don't know enough for people to invest in in whatever. And then you find out that, you know, <laughs> the Henry Ford thing, you know, I don't need to go to law school. I just need to be able to hire an, an attorney to be able to represent what it is that we're getting ready to go do, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, building that team, you know, learning yeah. that, okay, so you're telling me you won't give me a million dollars because we don't have this, this, and this. Well, let me go get this, this, and this, and now I need five million. You know what I mean? So yeah. to the point now where, you know, we're in a, a huge raise right now for a nationwide expansion. And I've brought on, you know, a team of finance people that, you know, help me understand exactly where we need Need to be and and now I feel strong about that right you know yeah. instead of feeling weak and afraid to tell people what it is that I don't I don't know I'm like you know what I don't know but have you seen my team over here because they do know <laughs> you yep. know let me so. introduce you <laughs> <laughs> exactly right so yeah. and, and that's what I'm saying so it becomes but I would have never have gotten there had I had never gone through the all right Wanda what do you need you know yeah. what I mean this didn't work so now what do you need. And you've got to be honest with yourself. And I I keep coming back to that theme that you've got to be honest with yourself of what it is that you need and, you know, to surround yourself with. Yeah. Uh, Again, the the first know thyself, you know, and and then you can figure out everything else. Yeah. If I give you a magic wand and you could change one thing about the industry right now, what would it be? Legalization and the access to banking and not so much to put your money in a bank, but the access to real banking, right? Because we run a phenomenal business right now, very little debt. I should be able to go to a bank right now and say, look, I I want to buy three more dispensaries. I need $5 million loan, Um, you know, instead of having to find that through private equity and give up tremendous amounts of equity and and different things and, and jump through ridiculous hoops to be able to get that. I would give us banking right now because I think that that would solve a lot of problems with social equity with money in the industry, <laughs> lines of credit. Yeah. 
Do you think it's going to happen? I mean, I, I know we're kind of looking at various legislation and we've had various attempts, various new things coming into play, but what's your prognostication on that right now? So I'm thoroughly shocked it's taken this long, you know, um, yeah. and I, I, I clearly don't know anything because I've been saying it now for 10 years. Oh, next year. Oh, next year. Oh, next yeah. year. I think that it is going to be within the next 12 to 24 months that we're going to see movement and only because so many of the big states now have legalized, yeah. um, you know, even Florida's medical, California is moving, Illinois is moving, New Jersey just, you know, came on board. Colorado mm-hmm. did $2 billion last year. I mean, it's too much money, too much investments to not have in legal bank accounts and to be taxed correctly. So I think that we're, because of the amount of money and the yeah. fact that 65% of Americans right now want full-on yeah. legalization and 65% of Americans don't agree on anything but pot right now. So <laughs> exactly. in, a, in the world that we live in right now, the fact that 65% agree on something is pretty, pretty amazing. Exactly. Yeah. The banking stuff feels like it doesn't help anybody. Right. There's, no. there's, you know, it doesn't help the government. It doesn't help, you know, business. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully that gets rectified sooner and later. Well, it allows well, us to this- have real valuations to our businesses, right? You know what I mean? So that we can yeah. actually, you know, create a real enterprise and it allows the SBA to step in with training mm-hmm. programs and low cost loans. I mean, there's a lot, you know, that can yeah. absolutely yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it, it is a, a big piece in the, in the chess game that we're, we're trying to figure out how to build this industry. Wanda, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about the business, what's the best way to get that information? So um, simplypure.com, simplypuremj on all social media is the is the dispensary. I can be reached at Wanda L. James on all social media. And yeah. I'll make sure all the links and everything are on the show notes so people can get that. Wanda, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. This has been a lot of fun. And thanks for talking about the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.